You are listening to The Book of Firsts, a podcast where we flick back through the pages of our guests' lives to uncover three of their most profound first-time experiences. A memorable first they've had, a first they want to have, and a first they wish they'd never had in the first place. I'm your host, Emma Tyndall, podcaster and producer, and this is The Book of Firsts. So today I am joined by blogger, traveller and overall charming Irishman Cahar Curran, or better known to many of you as Kegs. Growing up in a small town, Kegs had always dreamed of travelling the world and getting out of his comfort zone. Following a tricky period in 2018 where he was sacked from his job and kicked out of university on the same day, Kegs was struggling with his mental health, drinking to excess and headed for rock bottom. But it was then that he decided to make the move, book the flight with the minimal money he had and five years on, he has never looked back. Kegs has spent his travels working, playing, exploring and discovering new things about himself and the world from Bali to India and Singapore to Vietnam. He has a thirst for life, an infectious energy and has built a life for himself in Sydney where he now lives, a triumph in itself which he never thought would be possible. I am thrilled to have him on the podcast today. So Kegs, welcome to the Book of Firsts. My God, that was such a good way intro. What the hell? I love that. Oh. <laughs> I hope I got everything right. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah, probably yeah. stalking your Insta. So, <laughs> no, that's class. That was so nice. Um, you've been away for five years. So, have you been like home since? Like, did you not get really home? Yeah. Since? So, I initially started traveling. I went and done a party season in Ayanapa the second I left school. So I literally went on my own. It was just, it was just turned 18 or something. I just went there for the summer. And then when I came home, obviously that's when I went to like uni and like corporate life. But back then I was just a bit, I was a bit different than I am now. And I was just like partying all the time. Um, I was struggling mentally and stuff. And then I went then the next summer and went to Marbella and then again went back to uni and stuff. And I was just like, I just want to travel. And then mm. eventually I feel like the universe on purpose for me to actually just go and travel because obviously what my soul wanted to do. Um, I basically met a girl who works on cruise ships in Australia and I basically within a month I was on a flight to Australia with literally I had £60 in my bank account the only reason I, got, I was able to go is because the cruise ship paid for absolutely everything so I was like I'll be fine I'll be grand so oh off I God. went with no, no money off to Australia and then after that I just sort of been traveling getting jobs here and there and everywhere over around the world over the past like five years and um, obviously I work for myself now doing like social media and things like that that is so so sick I can't believe that you left with 60 pounds in your bank account but I do I totally relate to the idea that like you always make it work right like even when you're in those positions of just pure chaos and you're like fuck I can't afford to do this or I can't afford to play. like somehow you always push through and find a way um and I think that's like one thing which stops a lot of people from doing something like what you've done is just the fear of like future you and where you're going to be but actually sometimes you just have to give it a little bit of a fuck it attitude and just go for it yeah so I had the fuck it mentality I think I read a book or read something about it and I just anytime something came on my way that I went to I was just like oh fuck it it'll all work out it's all going to work out how it's meant to and things like that yeah obviously there there obviously there was maybe points where I've had to maybe like um ask for help with like family and things so I was lucky that I had that support as well um back back back, way back then but yeah it's been it's been a journey I love that. So I'm excited to move on to your um your 
three firsts, of course, such a tongue twister, your three firsts that you've sent me. Um, so your first one is a memorable first experience. And this is where we ask guests to recount um, a first experience they've had, which really sticks out to them. Why don't you tell us what your memorable first experience was? It was the spiritual awakening, wasn't it? Yeah. This is one of the most memorable moments of my life, just because of everything that was going on. So obviously Ibiza was 2019. It was felt like it was my first time actually being myself, if that makes sense. Because before I was sort of just like maybe learning to be by myself. And obviously I'm a gay man and where I grew up was a bit like maybe a wee bit backward minded compared to other places. And so I was always like sort of pretending to fit in, pretending to be someone else to be liked, pretending to be someone that I wasn't. I would be, be lying about who I am and things. And then in Ibiza 2019, I remember I just went and instantly everyone was just so like everyone just got on so well i was working for a place called abitha rocks and i was just loving life so much and i think it was the first time in my life i just was like proper sh- like being myself not really mm-hmm. caring what other people think um, in a way um and there was one night where we were all like we were all up for the sunrise and we we're all just like dancing there's a big group of us and the music was playing i just looked around and it was the first time in my life i ever felt proper like present and connected mm. and i just looked around and my whole body started vibrating with like gratitude and with like looking back now i didn't know what the words gratitude i didn't know what the, these sort of things were i just like didn't have a clue i wasn't into that sort of thing at all and i just remember like pure like love and gratitude flowing through my body and i started like crying so much with happiness and i was like oh my god i love my life so i was like this is the best moment of my life i was like what the hell is going on it was like a feeling i've never felt before and i was like what is this this is so weird and i just remember then like i think i've grown up right growing up my family are catholics but i for some the way the way i grew up and my sexuality and things like that i just was like it's a load of bullshit i was didn't believe in anything didn't have any faith in anything whatsoever and then when this moment happened ever since that night i started picking up on people maybe talking about like spirituality or like personal development or like just talk I started like learning more and more about people maybe trying to become better versions of themselves and maybe that there may be something bigger out there that that helps mm. us do this. Um mm. and then that it was from that night that I think that was my spiritual awakening because then I started picking up on everything. I might have seen them before but I never actually acknowledged it. And yeah that was the sort of I that was one of the pinnacle turning points of my life because before I was just like crazy party boy didn't really have a clue about anything and then I was like starting to learn more and more about myself from that moment amazing I love that you referred to it as something that you like like a feeling of just being accepted for the first time as well that's really powerful um I'm gonna level with you actually because I think a lot of people listening to this podcast and in general life they hear the word spiritual awakening or spirituality and they immediately yeah. roll their eyes and they're like oh fucking hell another influencer talking about like when he got high or in Ibiza or Bali or whatever and I think that it's really unfair when we judge people based off of that because as you said before you had experienced it you had no idea what it was anyway but I'm curious mm. to ask you why you think so many people are perhaps adverse to this idea of spirituality and like where that comes from and have you experienced any backlash from it yourself um yeah well, obviously I, I do speak about it on my socials all the time and you do get the odd person like maybe talking about like oh, it's a load of shit or whatever but if you had said to me maybe what before i be four years ago if you had maybe talked about like all of the spiritual stuff that i talk about now i'd be like that'd be the same i'd be like he's full of shite like he's in a mental hospital or something do you know what i mean like i would have been that person um but now that i've experienced it myself i basically to me what it is is 
just trying to become the best version of yourself to not only uh, help yourself to be the best version of yourself, but also to help everyone else around you be the best versions of themselves as well so that we can all live with gratitude and live with like peace and Mm -hmm. love. Yeah, Um, and lack of judgment, yeah. And then obviously when you get into it, you obviously start learning more about like the universe and energy and things like that too. And I do work with a lot of like spiritual maybe modalities like breath work, meditation, yoga, plant medicines and um, i've done a lot of things in ballet like sound healings and kundalini awakenings all these here sort of crazy things but when you actually experience them you really 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 do learn so much about yourself and help you change your mindset change your limit beliefs change your the way you speak to yourself and your um and your own brain and mm-hmm. when I, what i have realized is that whenever you do change the way you think to a more positive way that also changes the way you feel to more positive. And then that also puts out positive energy, which means then you're obviously going to attract back in the positive things. Whereas back before I went traveling, I had such a negative headspace. I was always anxious, always maybe just like not feeling good. And then also loads of negative situations kept attracting into my life all the time. And that's obviously when I hit that rock bottom moment. Um, but now I wake up every day. I do my meditations. I maybe go to yoga classes and things like that. I have... like a completely different perspective on myself on my life on the world and my mindset now is probably the best it's ever been and the way I speak to myself is a lot a way a lot less negative than what it used to be Mm. you call it spirituality call it just maybe maybe trying to become the best version of yourself whatever you want to call it but um, it definitely has changed my life 100% for sure it kind of reminds me of like the law of attraction right like you seek out the energy that you are you know, putting out into the world. And I um I was actually really interested in this whole topic. I was in Mexico City quite recently and I went to um these this pyramid tour, um, Teolahuacan. It's like a it's like quite known for being a very spiritual place. And the tour guide we had there was very kind of on that level. It was so funny going there with my parents because they were literally like, oh, what a load of bollocks, like <laughs> all this stuff. And in my head I was like, but Surely if it's just people, you know, wanting to be better, wanting to understand themselves more, like I think we all just have a very niche perspective on what that that word or those words mean. And actually it can yeah. be different for everyone. Um, but one thing he did say, which which I really enjoyed was um, he kept saying, today is a great day to die. And that was like his kind of ethos of life. And um, I'm not saying that by any stretch I had a, a spiritual awakening, but I'm I'm more... Um, I was definitely then more aware of like my life and my place in the world at that point. Um, mm. So it yeah, I do. I find it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why do we all fear death? Like, oh, I've been raised in the Western culture where we don't talk about it and all this stuff. And I think a spiritual awakening can be as much as like learning about new things as it is learning about yourself, you know? The way I see it is just try and be open and to be curious about everything because we've obviously grew up in a society where all of the beliefs have been put onto us and we grew up thinking that all of these beliefs are facts when they might not even be your own beliefs. So to change maybe your belief systems or to maybe just experience new things or maybe to try and become this better version of yourself, just be curious, ask questions, be open to everything. Don't just be like, no, that's not true because someone else has mm-hmm. told you. Just be curious. That's what that's the advice I give. Just be curious. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, one final question before we move on to your next first, but obviously growing up in such a small town and now, you know, being the person that you've become, do you ever feel or fear the judgment from those people that you grow up 
grew up with is, is to like who you are now massively so maybe not so much now but whenever I first started doing like social media and things I really went through like waves of fear and the judgment because obviously mm. from a small place there wasn't many people from where I'm from doing social media and do you do you get a lot of judgment a lot of stick um and like what I, like verbally or yeah so the only time I've ever experienced verbally is actually when I've went out on a night out at home in like my whole town and um, you do, I, don't get me wrong I got a majority of people saying nice things to me but then there was the odd few who were being nasty to me in person but that was the only time I've experienced in person and um, other than that I would get maybe I would have just got like nasty messages and things from maybe people at home and obviously I have, have, have friends who said sent in the group chats and things but the back that was that was maybe like two years ago um so I would have maybe took it a lot deeper now whereas now I've got to a point where I'm like I don't really give a shit I'm doing my own yeah. thing and like very very happy with what I'm doing and to be fair the girl I'm actually living in Sydney with she is from where I'm from and she's smashing it on like social media and things and she was definitely an inspiration and it's sort of like a mentor to me so I would always like message her and she would always just give me advice and things she would always just push past the judgment whenever you first start you just have to push past the judgment yeah. from the people at home and um, it was funny as well whenever I first started I was always I would always imagine in my head, the people that I would have feared the judgment from, like I would just know who would be chatting shit. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, I, I totally relate. I mean, like, I think when you put out any form of creative output right into the world, you're automatically setting yourself up to be judged. But I think it, I do exactly the same. I imagine and I have a set group of people in my head who I'm like, I know they're talking about it. You just have to squash it because otherwise you'll never do anything you know yeah 100% you'll never do anything you'll just stay stuck if you don't push it push past it you'll just stay stuck and the thing is as well with the, if anyone does if these people might even be judging you might just be make it up in your own head yeah but if there is people maybe out there that are judging or are saying nasty things or are doing things like that it's because they have their own insecurities and their own issues within, within themselves and they're seeing you showing up as your authentic self doing your thing like put, put, doing whatever you want to do and there it pisses them off do you know what I mean because mm-hmm. they don't have the courage to actually go and do it um, it was actually funny. There was one time where I was getting trolled by this person at home. He didn't realize that he ha- he didn't hide his um, his Instagram was tagged on his like fake TikTok account. Went on his Instagram and it was someone I knew from home, and oh. he didn't realize that I knew. And then maybe like three four months later, he messages me on Instagram, be like, "Oh, lad, I'm so jealous of your life. Like, please tell me how you do it. I want to live your life." <laughs> it's just so funny because he doesn't realize that I know it was him. I he know. Oh my god, so people like, can be so two faced. Yeah, God, that is mad. That is absolutely mad. Okay, so moving on to the first you want to have. Uh, You gave me quite a few different ones, but I think the one I'm really interested to ask you about is that you want to be founder of your own business. Yes, I do. I've been traveling, obviously, for five years, and then I've got the... Don't you can't see that's back to front, but I've got the ta- word ta- free tattooed on my hand because freedom is one of my main values. Um, and then obviously maybe the past like, two years of being in social media and things like that, so I have the freedom. But now I think the next stepping point is for me to maybe set up my own business, for me to obviously just work for myself forever. And right. I just go on this journey, and yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely want to start my own business this year. I definitely have um, a good idea in mind, and I've been doing lots of research recently. I'm not going to give the idea away, um, awesome. but yeah, I'm very excited, and it's definitely it's been on my mind now for maybe like a year and a half, and I feel like this year is the year that I'm gonna gonna get it done. Mm. I think it's really cool when ideas like that start bubbling away, and 
I think it's always, it tells you a lot about something when it stays there. Like a lot of the time, as I think creative people, you get waves of ideas constantly and some of them will give you a buzz and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do it. But I think the ones which are always kind of there transcending through different waves, like it's really, it's exciting. Um, And I think right now as well, you know, everyone wants to be their own boss. It's a time when there are so many people going self-employed, so many people working from their laptops from all areas of the world. Like it's such... It's such an exciting place to be. What do you think is the thing that you're most afraid of or what's stopped you from doing it so far, do you think? So obviously I've been traveling about and I keep meeting loads and loads of different people who obviously work for themselves because like when you're traveling, you always just bump into people. So I've been like getting loads of different information from different people. And then obviously because I'm getting different information mm-hmm. and then I'm thinking that for some reason in my head, I didn't think I had the knowledge or the skills or anything like that to actually go and do it for a while. That was a limiting belief. And I didn't realize that was a limiting belief in my head that was stopping me from doing it. Um, but actually recently I've been like meditating on it and things. And I spoke to my housemate about it and she was just like, no, that's just limiting belief. So I've become aware of it. I've let it go. And now it's time to Love actually that. go out and do it. <laughs> um so yeah she was even her like she's got like a couple of businesses and she was like saying like whenever she first started she didn't have a clue just went with the flow asked for advice from random people that like maybe she could have asked for advice for and now she's got like a few really 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 successful businesses so it's just sort of just taking the plunge isn't it and that's what I'm just just gonna have to do and knowing that you have to rely entirely on yourself like I freelance and obviously have this podcast on the side i'm a freelance podcast producer but i also work in tv so whenever i'm working for tv i know i'm working for someone else but podcasting i work for myself and i actually really like the balance between not having to deal with all the horrible crap of dealing with someone else when i'm working on my own but then also on the flip side of that enjoying the the freedom that does sometimes come with working for someone else and not having to think about everything so much so um i take my hat off to you i i think that it's such an incredible opportunity that you have um but i i'm curious so you you used to work at deloitte right from my incessant insta stalking of you i spotted that story so what what happened there and do you think you know how how would your life be different if you were still sort of in that corporate world do you think um so what happened in deloitte so this was when i was like 18 19 and i basically got good A-levels and my mom was a career teacher. So I didn't know what I wanted to do in uni and she seen this opportunity for like a really good apprenticeship with Deloitte. So I'd be working for them four days a week and they would be paying for my degree one day a week. And this is when I was like 18 or 19 and this was when my mental health was at its worst. So I got these good grades and I went and worked for Deloitte because of what my mom wanted me to do. And I got there and I was sitting in an office dealing with like businessmen every day and I like doing whatever I needed to do. And I was 18, 19 living in a uni, uni accommodation. So I was just going out and partying all the time. And like, I just did no interest in the work at all. And obviously I was really struggling as well. So I was like partying to hide my bad mental health and I wasn't opening up to anyone. I wasn't speaking to anyone about it. And I was just really, really not in a good place. And so, yeah, I ended up getting fired from Deloitte. I kicked out of the same day because obviously it was an apprenticeship and because I was just not really, not really caring about the work and I was partying a lot. (laughs) But (laughs) looking back, looking back, I have no regrets at all. Like the day that I got kicked out of Deloitte, looking back at the time I thought it was like the worst thing ever but I remember the first thing that I said to my two friends as soon as I was outside I was outside crying my eyes out first thing I said because all I wanted to do was travel I was like I'm going to travel the world I don't know how I don't have any money but I'm going to figure it out and that was the first thing I said and that's what I ended up going and doing and looking back that was the universe like shoving me out of the Deloitte doors 
for me to actually go and follow what I'm actually meant to be doing right now, which is this, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. It's so it's so great that you don't regret it either, because I think, well, it's interesting. It'll kind of go on to the next thing we're going to talk about, which is the first you wish you'd never had. Um, because I think that, I mean, the first you wish you never had is basically asking somebody, do you regret anything, right? And I mm. find it really interesting because most people on here regret not the things that they've done but the things that have happened to them which are beyond their control like yeah. being being cheated on or losing a parent or suffering from anxiety and trauma and things like that um yeah. and very rarely do people actually regret the things that they've made an active choice to do and even though you know you getting let go from the Deloitte wasn't an active choice the active choice was to go traveling like you could have got fired and got another job in corporate but you didn't, you you went for something that you wanted to do at that time. So actually, it's very difficult to regret that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I've just followed my heart, I suppose. Um, mm. And you don't want to be, I think as well, I just wanted to be away from Ireland as well, because I got the taster. And I was just like, right, I'm going to go. But I never expected yeah. to be still traveling five years later, but I'm very happy that I am. I'm just popping a quick note in here as I'm currently sat in the cosy and comfortable home of this season's sponsors, First and Last Coffee. This glorious cafe was ironically, and I'm not just saying this because it's on brand with the podcast, but it was the first coffee shop I ever set foot in when I moved to Toronto. And my God, did it set the bar high. The coffee honestly tastes amazing. The 60s vintage style interior is super quirky and fun and it takes every ounce of self-control I possess not to pick up one of their delicious breakfast sandwiches every morning on my way to work. If you're around the Annex neighbourhood, then you absolutely need to check them out. Pop in for a coffee, browse the vintage clothes rail or soak up the sun like I'm doing right now in their little courtyard area. Huge thank you to First and Last again for sponsoring the show. Speaking of, let's get back to it. So speaking of the first you wish you'd never had, you mentioned in your note that you're very much of a free spirit in terms of like, if you go through everything that you do, you're supposed to do, right? So if you go through a bad breakup, feel all the feels, it was supposed to happen. Um, so in that sense, do you, I guess, do you believe in fate and like everything happening for a reason? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would definitely have full faith that everything happens for a reason. Like, um, I feel like, if something maybe negative, like an ex cheating on you or um, getting sacked from Deloitte or any of these sort of things happen to you, it might be really, really shit and horrible at the time. But mm. if you take that experience and learn from the experience for you for to allow you to grow as a person, to make you stronger, then I feel like everything happens for a reason for you to be able to become the better version of yourself, to know what you want, to know what you want to do, um, to try new things and things like that. So um, I definitely feel like everything does happen for a reason, in my my own opinion anyway. So the actual first you wish you'd never had, I'm so curious to ask you about this. When when you got your ear chopped off or half chopped off traveling Australia four years ago. So please divulge the story because I'm interested. Right. <laughs> so if you can see it, I don't know if you can see it, there's like a big slice oh, up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone always thinks it's, you know, that their earring that people get, the big long one. Everyone the black, thinks it's like, like a, yeah. But it's not, it's not that. So basically what happened was i was working on a cruise ship and i was sharing like a wee tiny tiny cabin with this guy and the cabin was tiny like we could literally only stand up one person at once and then one night especially my cabin roommate he was actually a really sound guy and he was from africa and i think where he's from in africa might be like a really like sketchy place like i don't think it's a good area or whatever 
um he was telling he was telling me some crazy stories about it like but a lot of different nights he would wake up having like crazy night terrors like screaming and like kicking and going mad and then i'd be like what is wrong with him and then a few different occasions he was like i need to tell you something so i think that something really bad has happened in his life that he's obviously traumatized from and he has these crazy night terrors but one night he was like attacking my top bunk and like the top, I was like, broke up. I was like, what is going on? But he obviously had broke my bed and I reported my bed being broken to my manager and things, but she never like went and sorted it. And then the next night we all went out to like the crew bar or whatever. And I came in and whatever way I got onto the bed, the bed completely tipped. And this is a trigger warning because it gets sounds a bit gruesome, gruesome, but um, the bed tipped and whatever way it tipped, my ear like caught onto the curtain hook and oh. I hit the ground, head off the table and just like sliced it in half. Oh. Oh but it was like so close to my head like I was so lucky but um obviously my, my thing I'd, pro- I'd probably if looking back I'd probably make sure that the bed was fixed before I came <gasps> drunk oh yeah. my god was it pe- like how did you because you're on a boat right or were you docked at this oh, point yeah. so there's doctors on the boat so there's a lot of crew doctors and things and it actually didn't hurt because I was so drunk it didn't hurt I was like on my snapchat <laughs> I was almost the Snapchat was a big thing back then. I was on my Snapchat straight being like, guys, my ear's hanging off. My ear freaking blood all over. I'm like, what am I doing? Oh my god. So was it like severed but not completely off? So if you can see, it goes yeah. sliced the whole way up there, and then there was a wee, it was just hanging off by this top bit here. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a very funny story. I do I do enjoy that. Yeah, it was hectic. It was hectic, but it's a, it's a story to tell the grandkids. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And one that you probably wish didn't didn't happen. So that was a very good selection for that one. I like it. At the end of the episode, we always play a game called Quick Fire First. So yeah. this is a a fun little game where <laughs> you have to tell me the first thing that pops into your head when I give you a prompt. Um, so it doesn't have to be the first time you did it, but I'll be like, say, for example, a time when you um, were really drunk and you just have to think like the first memory that comes into your head. God, okay. <laughs> People are always like, oh my God, pressure, because it is when you're like <laughs> under that, but um, don't worry about it. It's, it you'll be fine. Um, so our first quick fire first is... A time you pissed someone off? Uh, the other night, this is so bad. So I went on a date. I went on a date and I wasn't vibing with the guy at all. And usually I, usually if the guy's good looking and I have a few drinks and I just go for it, I'm like, whatever. But now I feel like I've learned to know my worth and know like I don't, I'm not giving ever, everyone my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy just wasn't vibing with him at all. And then we went to the club after and I, I just couldn't get away from him. So I ran to the toilet and I messaged him and I was like, uh, I've got IBS. I feel really sick. I have to go home <laughs> and ran away from him. <laughs> and I was like, he's definitely pissed off at me, but oh well. <laughs> that was such a good one. How do you find um, dating in Australia? Oh my God, unreal. It's like, there's so many gay guys in Sydney. It's crazy. Um, and like before, I've ne- before I came here, I've never really been on dates before. I've kind of been, mm. I was really... So I kind of went like celibate for a while and then I was kind of seeing someone for a while. So I, even before that, I just never had the confidence to go on dates. And in 2022, I got a hair transplant and I just really worked on my inner worth and my inner confidence. And now since I've gained, and now I feel like so confident in myself, I'm going on dates like as much as I can to see what I, I actually like, what I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's what's the best thing about dating is, isn't it? It's, you know, sifting out what you want um, and what is good for you. 
versus what you think maybe might have been good for you in the past and just figuring it all out. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. Dating in Canada is shit. Like oh, really? actual trash. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it's me. <laughs> I'm starting to think it's me. <laughs> you don't be saying that. <laughs> it's just, I think it's the banter uh that gets lost in translation i think aussies are more on our wavelength of being a little bit more i guess like chill and more jokey and the humor like the sarcasm and the um i guess banter is the only word for it is is kind of reciprocated whereas here like canadians are so nice right so (laughs) whenever i go on a date with a guy and i'm trying to banter with them i think they think that i'm like insulting them i don't know i don't (laughs) <laughs> oh my god they were just yeah, quite sincere yeah some of them not... you go to it is funny when you go to different places and you can tell like they just don't get your banter isn't it yeah yeah it's um uh, it's exhausting anyway that's another story um <laughs> our second quick fire first is a time you were heartbroken mm. time I was heartbroken probably Probably with my last ex, to be fair, but this was like a long time ago. This is before I went proper traveling, like over five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, yeah, it was just a toxic relationship. I got cheated on and things like that. And um, it's probably a little bit heartbroken then. But Aww. again, again, everything happens for a reason that wasn't meant to be. And I am here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better for it now. Totally. Yeah, okay. And then our final one is a time you felt emotionally relieved time I felt emotionally relieved that's a good question I think I remember when I started doing breathwork have you heard of breathwork before mm. so breathwork I whenever I first started doing breathwork I was like what the hell is this and the loads of situations that happened when I was younger like in my teenage years that I didn't even realize were traumatic came up to the surface and I remember my whole body like vibrating and I remember it was like an, it was like a massive like explosion out of my body as if I had just like released it and let it go. And I remember for like a full like month after that, I just felt like I was floating on clouds. I just felt like a massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I was really, really powerful. Um, So yeah, I'd say that was a nice relief release. That's that's a really good one. Really, really good one. Yeah. It's, um, I've heard a lot about breath work, but I've never, I really struggle with meditation. I know they're different. Um, Mm but I really admire anyone who can sit down with their thoughts for more than 10 minutes and do that. Like it must be such a rewarding experience. So I would say give breathwork a go because the breathwork that I do is totally different to meditation. Like I really struggled Mm -hmm. with meditation initially, like before I ever tried breathwork. And now that I do breathwork, I love meditating. But before I just never liked meditating, I couldn't like, my thoughts just going 90 miles per hour. But breathwork, what it does is you're really intensely breathing for like 20, 30 minutes. You're going like, (gasps) and what it does is it shuts the door for your like monkey brain. So all these thoughts stop and then it goes straight into your subconscious mind. So maybe any traumas, beliefs, anything's come to the surface. It it is intense. It's like a frigging workout, but it's so powerful and it really does like shut off all those thoughts. So I would definitely give it a go. That's awesome. Like, where can people find it? I mean, like for someone like me, I've never even, I mean, I've never even really considered doing it before. Like, where did you start with it? 
Um, I actually didn't know what it was until I went to Bali. And then obviously mm. I was living in Bali for eight months and all of them things were very accessible there. Um, but when I was in Bali, I actually learned to become a graphic facilitator. So I started hosting my own sessions and things. Um, and I, th- I think I'm actually going to start doing them in Sydney, to be fair. Um, you can do them online. They, they are still powerful online, but I definitely think they are more powerful when you do it in person with a facilitator. Um, mm-hmm. And there is hundreds of types of breathwork as well. So I don't know. I would just say, I'd say, you know what I think it is? It's the number one rising modality. Like it's, it's overtaking yoga and meditation and everything. So I would say in the next maybe year or two, you're going to see it everywhere. I'd say mm-hmm. you're going to see it all over the place. So if you do see a wee breathwork session in your like local city or whatever, give it a go be curious like i said just try it and see how you get on anyway because it could potentially change your life you never know yeah for sure oh cool i will check it out oh cakes thanks so much for coming on the podcast i've actually loved chatting to you i feel like i've actually learned loads as well so thank you thank you so much appreciate it thanks for having me much no love. worries oh i never i never asked you why people call you cakes oh yeah yeah, yeah. so whenever i first started my, obviously my real name is kahar curran um, and whenever I first started traveling when I was 18, I soon realized that people outside of Ireland just cannot say <laughs> So I basically told the guys that I lived with to call me Cax, as that's what a few people in school called me. Um, but then this girl from Newcastle, like a full on Geordie girl, just called me Kegs and then it just stuck. So I've just kept it since. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much again. And um, yeah, good luck with everything in Sydney. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Much love.